You have a responsibility. Not only to develop and grow spiritually, but once you're developing and growing spiritually, you have that responsibility to tell your mom, to tell your dad, your brothers and sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, friends, whoever it may be that you come in contact with about Jesus and eternal life before they die. Once you die, it's over. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are glad you've joined us as we continue our New Year focus on living as Jesus' fully committed disciples. Today, Roll will challenge us to be more intentional about sharing our faith. We'll see that in the increasing spiritual darkness of these end times, It's more important than ever for us as Jesus' followers to shine the light of the gospel through a consistent witness. Here's Raul Reese with today's lesson. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 30. Title of my message is, Winning Souls is God's Will for the Church. Listen to what the Proverbs says in Proverbs 11, verse 30. Solomon speaking. He says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, And he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. This is what God has called every one of us to do. We cannot convert anybody. We know that. Many times people try to convert some person, but this is the work of the Holy Spirit. My work is to tell people about Jesus. That's what God's called me to do. And many times it could be through a conversation, but many more times it's the way we live in public, at the job, in school, at the gym, at the beach, the mountains, wherever we are, the desert. When we come in contact with people, you have to understand that most people have problems in their lives, even Christians. And when they see the peace in your life, and they see the love of God in your life, many times it will stir up a conversation to talk with them. And not immediately push your Christianity upon them, but to wait for the right door, for the right time, and then to be able to share your testimony, how Christ touched and influenced your life. I think that's really important to do. Because the Holy Spirit is the only one that can convert any person. Nobody can be a Christian unless the Holy Spirit of God gets a hold of your life. That's why there are so many religions in the world. Look at Islam. You read the Quran, not one word of love. And Jesus is one of 96 prophets, a total of 120,000 prophets in the religion of Islam. Radical Islam, they want to kill the infidel. In their Quran, it says that an infidel, it could be anybody that doesn't believe in Allah or believes in Islam. Or Muhammad the prophet. And yet you have other religions like Buddhism, You bring your fruit, 
to Buddhas who pray for the dead. But it's not about denominations. It's not about churches. It's about the word of God in that personal relationship that can only come through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, as we're born again of the Holy Spirit of God. In the book of John's gospel, as he's closing the book, this is the last week of Jesus. In chapter 12 through 17, in the last five chapters, until you get to chapter 21, it's the end of the book. In chapter 16, Jesus is going to share with the disciples because they're very concerned that they're going to be left alone. Jesus is going to go to the cross. He's going to die. He's going to rise again. And then he's going to depart and then come again a second time. So Jesus wants to explain to them, first of all, in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in me, believe also that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again to receive you unto myself, so that where I am, you also will be with me. And then in John chapter 16, in verses 7, notice what he says here concerning the Holy Spirit. He says this, Nevertheless, I tell you this, and I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper, the Paracletus, the Holy Spirit, the one that brings comfort, will not come to you. But I depart that I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Number one, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Secondly, of righteousness, because by faith we can trust in Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, notice, because of what? Because of judgment. Judgment that is coming. He says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment, because the ruler Satan of the world is already judged. Now think about this for a moment. Satan, going back to the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. Chapter 2, Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden. God speaks to them about not eating of the tree that is in the garden, unless they die. They're naked. They don't even know it. Chapter 3, they're in the garden. Satan comes along, tempts the woman. She listens to Satan, takes the fruit, eats it, gives it to her husband. Man falls, and now he is in sin. Now what's amazing there in the Garden of Eden is that now Satan takes the title deed that was given to Adam. He takes it. And then Satan has this title deed for so many years. And now Jesus is sent from the Father from all eternity to come to the earth and become the Son of God that takes away the sins of the world. So what does he do? He submits. And as he submits at the cross of Jesus Christ, he dies on the cross. He's resurrected on the third day. He's here for 40 days. He ascends to heaven. And then he comes back seven, notice, after 1900 years, he comes at the rapture of the church, takes his church home, and then for seven years, we go to the Bema Seat of Christ, and then we come back at the second coming. Then what he does, he establishes the kingdom age. And in the kingdom age, he rules. Satan is in the bottomless pit. 
And then he's here for a thousand years and people are living with bodies of earth. They're getting married. They're having children. We have our glorified bodies at that time. But after a thousand years, the actual pit where Satan is locked in, he, it's unlocked and he's let out one more time to see what people in the world will do by Christ being here already in the kingdom age. What do they do? They rebel against Jesus. Then Jesus sets up the white throne judgment. First, Satan is cast into the lake of fire. Then hell, and then the Antichrist and the false prophet are in hell. Every demon is in hell. And then hell itself is open, and hell once is thrown into the lake of fire, those in hell are brought forth, they line up, the books are open, Revelations 20, 11 through 15, and the books are open to see whoever's name is written in the book of life. And if your name is not written in the book of life, you're cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever to be with those people. That's why it's really important to understand evangelism. The sheep beget the sheep. You have a responsibility. Not only to develop and grow spiritually. But once you're developing and growing spiritually. You have that responsibility to tell your mom. To tell your dad. Your brothers and sisters. Cousins. Aunts. Uncles. Friends. Whoever it may be. That you come in contact with. About Jesus and eternal life. Before they die. Once you die it's over. It's a done deal. So to me, it's important what Jesus not only said here, but also what Solomon is saying. He who wins souls is wise. Wise in what they're doing. I think that witnessing to people is an important thing, but not forcing yourself on people. You'll turn them off. You'll turn them off completely. I think the greatest way at home or at work or in school or at the beach or the mountains or the desert or wherever you may be, the best way to witness is live the life and be salt and be light. That's the best way. For people to see who you are. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese. We'd like to remind you that we're here to equip you with God's Word as you walk with Him in fruitful obedience. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources. You can also join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now back to the conclusion of today's lesson. In the book of Hebrews chapter 9, 27, it says this. He says, and it is appointed for men to die, notice, and then after this, judgment. Judgment will come. Think how incredible it is once a person departs from the body. I've been to so many hospitals and I've seen people die all over the place. When I was in Vietnam and I saw my friends die, I was not a Christian. I didn't understand eternity. But now as a Christian and I go to these hospitals and I see young and old people die. Especially it breaks my heart when I'm talking to that person that just maybe weeks or days or hours they're going to go into eternity. And they're cursing God. And they have a hardened heart and they don't want anything to do with Christ. 
And then all of a sudden, they take that last breath as the chest comes up, and then the chest goes down, and the spirit comes out of the body. And the body's empty now. It becomes an empty tent. That person has gone into eternity. It's a done deal. And if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're going to spend millions, millions are going to be there in hell. And we'll get that in a moment. In hell. Not a place of comfort, a place of discomfort, a place of torment. A place of torment. And once you read the Bible and you study the Bible, the Bible becomes so real that you want to tell everybody about this place called hell and heaven. And I love the way God has done it. He gave you, He gave me, as we were born, a will. A will creating us. Not like puppets on a string that are directed and controlled. No, we have freedom of choice. To accept Him or to reject Him. That's why for me it's really important to share with people the truth. Never to pull back or never to compromise. But to share it in love with people. Because if you don't share it, too much is given, much more is required. Now remember this, in the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 3, chapter 18, chapter 33, he's called by God, and I give you the whole background to this, in Israel, in that culture and time, they had cities with walls and a gate. In the morning, very busy place, like our freeways today. But in the evening, the gates would shut down so that everybody would be secure in their city. And then, when the city was locked in, the watchman would get up with a chafar on the wall and a sword as he would climb up to the corner of the wall. His job was to stand on top of that wall at night, different shifts, And look out into the darkness if the approaching enemy was coming to attack the city. And if the attack was coming and he would see movement in the darkness, then they have infrared then. Okay, so he would see movement. He would blow the chafar, the people inside of the city would rise up, get their swords, get their staffs, get their whatever they had, and they would run up to the walls to defend the city that was going to be invaded. But then God says to the watchman, listen carefully, he says. If you don't go and warn them that they're going to die and then judgment is going to come. And if they die, I will hold you responsible for their souls. Go back and read it. Paul used it twice in Acts 18 in chapter 20. He said, I wash my hands and I'm not guilty from any man's blood. I have not failed to give to you the full counsel of God. We have a responsibility to give people the full counsel of God. The watchman says that if he doesn't tell the sinner about God's judgment, then he's going to be held accountable. Why? Because if that person is not told by the watchman, he'll die, she'll die, and that'll be it. I'm free. But he says, if the watchman tells that person and they rebel and they do not change their ways and they die in their sin, he says that watchman is free from the man's blood, but that man will be responsible for his own blood. 
That's why it's really important to let you know that we all here are responsible. As long as people are alive, there's an opportunity, and we have a responsibility to tell people about Jesus Christ, who He is. Very important to be upfront with God and with men. To know that He's the one that has called you. To be a witness of Jesus Christ. There's a powerful story that I always tell. I love it because it speaks of truth. It's in the Gospel of Luke chapter 19. You've heard it before. It's a story between Lazarus and the rich man. And what's incredible about that is that here we could put it into modern terms. And you can say that there's this guy that you saw in the corner off the freeway with a sign, I need help. And as he's standing there, cars drive by and they don't pay attention. Because they're kind of saying, well, there's a lot of them that are phonies. But then there's the real ones. In the Old Testament, there's a story that Jesus gives where there was this guy by the name of Lazarus and he was walking the streets of Jerusalem and he had nothing to eat and he was fully sick. He had sores all over his body. And somehow he got mixed up with the streets and he ended up where the rich people live. And there was this party going on in this huge mansion. In this mansion, there was a bunch of people there. Notice in that culture, the tables were reclining tables in pillows, no chairs, no forks, no spoons, no knives, no napkins. And the food was set there, and they would eat with their hands. And then they would take the pita bread, clean their fingers, their mouth, and then throw it to the dogs to eat. Well, this young man was walking the streets. He came over, looked at this party. He actually sat by the gate. And as they were throwing the pieces of bread, he reached over and grabbed them and started eating them. The dogs came up and licked up all his swords. And as they were licking his swords, all of a sudden, here he is. And all of a sudden, they're eating, talking, and drinking. And then the Bible says that he dies in that front door. Now you would think, here they're partying, right? Party's over now. Everybody's excusing themselves, they're departing, they open the gate. They never ever see this young man that dies in front of this gate. They just all leave. The owner of the house shuts the door, he goes upstairs and goes to bed and he says, man, tomorrow I'm going to have a bigger party and invite more friends. But before he goes to sleep, the Bible says this, that as that man was lying on the street, the angels of God came and picked up, not his body, his soul, and took him to hell. Because heaven was not yet open. Hell was the place before Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again, where Abraham's bosom was on one side, a great gulf here, and then the flames of hell on this side, where people were actually burning. And as he was taken to Abraham's bosom, he had a Welcome home party, man. Abraham was there and all the saints. And then when this guy went upstairs to go to bed, thinking about tomorrow, all of a sudden in his sleep, he dies. And the angels come to pick him up. And they take him down to the same place except on the other side. And as he wakes up in hell, this is what's heavy. In hell for the rest of all eternity, all five senses are in full operation. All five senses. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. 
all of them. And when he woke up in hell, he looks over and he sees this poor beggar, which he never met, never had time for. And he says this, and he never met Abraham. It had been 2,000 years that Abraham was dead. He said, Father Abraham, please send Lazarus, he even knew him by name. Notice the knowledge in hell. Send Lazarus over here that he may dip his finger in water and come over to this side and put it in my tongue because I'm burning in his flames. And Abraham said, son, I want you to remember that this poor beggar had nothing in life and you had everything in life. And now he's being comforted and you are being tormented. And then he said this, Father Abraham, I beg you, I got five brothers at home. Do you think it would be possible to send someone from the dead and tell them about this place of torment lest they come here too? And Abraham said this, son, even if someone would go back from the dead, they still would not believe. Look at the world today. Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose. People still don't believe. Every single day, thousands, millions go into eternity without Christ. Hell, once Jesus died and rose again from the dead, hell, because it was two places, the thieves on the cross, one rebuked Jesus, the other one repented. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus was three days and three nights, he descended to hell, according to Peter. He let the captivity free. He went over to Abraham's bosom, took all these guys, said, pack up, we're leaving, and they went to heaven. And on the other side, remember that gulf? The gulf became one major place in the center of the earth where every person today underneath our feet are praying and asking God if they can come back and tell their loved ones that they can't. And thinking day and night for all eternity, all eternity, their past and their present, and they have no future. No future. The only hope that we have is right now. While we are here on this earth, right now. After we die, you'll have a funeral. People will say some few words about you to your family. They'll bury you or cremate you. But that's not really you. When they put people here at the church and they're burying them, that body is just an empty body. It's a shell going back into the ground. And every one of us here, there's an appointed time for a man to die and then the judgment. We're all going to die one day. And the difference will be the choice you make. Heaven or hell. Heaven or hell. You make the choice. Because hell was not made for men, it was made for the devil and his angels. His angels. That's why it's really important to listen carefully, to pay attention, and then to come to a place where you make a decision in your life who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the devil or are you going to serve Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And it's very important this morning for you and for myself to make sure that you have the assurance in your heart and the peace that passes all understanding 
that I have been born again of the Holy Spirit of God. Just like Jesus saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, unless a man is born again of the Holy Spirit, he will never enter the kingdom of God and he'll never see God. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Call us at 800-634-9165 if you'd like to review Raul's teaching titled, Winning Souls is God's Will. We'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. We'd like to tell you more about Raul's life-shaping discipleship series. Available on either CD or an MP3 flash drive, This 12-lesson study explores more of the Bible's guidelines for walking closely with Christ. You'll learn how to set goals and make decisions with eternity in view, surrendering your own agenda with faith in God's perfect plan. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order all's 12-message discipleship series. We'll send you this study for a donation of $23 for the CD collection or $18 for the USB drive. That's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, the mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Just a reminder that we are a listener-supported ministry. Your partnership is such a blessing to us, and we thank you for your tax-deductible gifts. We invite you to join us again next time as we continue our study of true discipleship. We'll see that Christ hasn't called us to follow Him part-time. He wants our full commitment and our undivided heart. That's next time on Somebody Loves You Radio. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.